You know, everything comes with instructions, right? Let's be honest. How many of us actually read the instructions when we get a new toy before we stop? Or should I put it this way? How many of us men read the instructions before we start working with a new toy? We don't. Most of us, I, I'm, I'm probably the worst. Uh, the first line of every instruction is what? Read the instructions before use. I don't do that. We don't read the instructions, right? I don't know why. We just think this, this should work. I mean, we just start using it. Today, things are color-coded, right? So they're supposed to be idiot-proof. That really doesn't work. Too many times I have to turn to the instructions later to fix the mess that I made by not reading the instructions to begin with. Too many people like me use instructions as a troubleshooting guide rather than a guide to begin with. And because of this, we get warning labels. Uh, you ever read warning labels? Just sat around and read the warning labels. The funny thing about warning labels is they're there because someone had to have tried these things. They're more tragic than funny because warning labels range in thought from mundane to some outright crazy thing. You know, for instance, you know, most electrical appliances say danger, risk of electric shock. That's a given. Poisons keep out of reach of children. Adults are okay, I guess. I don't know. Then you get the ones that make you wonder, who tried that to get that label? <laughs> warning. This product can burn your eyes on a curly line. Or recycled flush water, unsafe for drinking, <laughs> on a toilet at a public sports facility in Michigan. Do not use orally on a toilet bowl cleaning brush. Or my personal favorite, do not attempt to stop the blade with your hand in the manual for a Swedish chainsaw. <laughs> Warning labels are on products for the simple fact that someone made that exact mistake. Someone. And like these products, the Christian life comes with a series of warning labels. Mistakes made by other believers throughout history that are recorded in the Word of God. And this morning I want to look at one of those warning labels found over in the book of Galatians in the fifth chapter. Galatians 5, Galatians the whole book, it is Paul talking to a church that he loves who is not acting like they're supposed to act. They have had a group of others come in who are what we would term Judaizers is, is the term that we use when you, when you read in, in books. And they've come in to say there's more to salvation than Jesus. They, they've come into Galatia and have told these people, well, yeah, Paul makes some great points, but you still need to be circumcised. Paul makes some great points, but you still need to follow these steps and do these things to truly have salvation and to truly be a follower of Jesus. These people are, are adding to the gospel, but they're taking away from the freedom found in Christ. And so we find ourselves today in Galatians chapter 5. Um, looking at this freedom in Christ. Looking at what it is for us to um, follow Jesus and what this warning may be. And we pick up there in verse 13 to find out what it means to be free in Christ. 
He says, for you will call to be free brothers. Only don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But serve one another through love. For the entire law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be consumed by one another. I say then walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. But the flesh desires what is against the Spirit, and the Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other, so that you don't do what you want. And if you were led by the Spirit, you were not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I tell you about these things in advance, as I told you before, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become conceited. Provoking one another, envying one another. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now. We thank you. We praise you for your blessings. Father, we ask that you would be with us, Father. Make yourself known. Father, use me as a vessel and the words that I speak be yours and yours alone. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We ask all these things and of your son Jesus and for his sake. And all God's people said. So what does it mean to be free of Christ? Jesus died. So that we can be free from sin, law, and ourselves. Galatians 5.1 said, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm then. We're set free from sin. You know, in Romans 6.11 says, In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ. We're no longer a slave to sin. We're no longer bound in chains to sin. Sin no longer has rule over our life. In Christ, we have freedom from that. We don't have to follow the ways of the world. We can choose not to do that. The world doesn't have power over us. We've been given complete freedom from the stench of sin. We are free from sin because of the sacrifice of Jesus. But not only are we free from sin, we're free from the law. If we're left with the Spirit, we're not under the law. And that's amazing. Because to be under the law is a heavy thing. Can you imagine if we were still having to make a yearly trip to Jerusalem to sacrifice? If we were still having to know everything in those first five books that talks about what we have to do? Most of us wouldn't be wearing the clothes we're wearing today. Because what's the law say? Nothing woven with two types of fabric. Most of our clothes are woven with two types of fabric. A lot of us who are in agriculture wouldn't like the fact that the law says don't sow your field with two types of seed. I mean, we, we have all of these things that the law did that we're free from. We no longer have to make the yearly trips. We don't have to do daily outward acts to prove that we're God's. We are free from the law, but we're also free from ourselves. <laughs> did you know that as a follower of Jesus, you don't have to serve your own desires? You don't have to choose to follow the desire that pops up. So many of us want to act like we are simply animals and we can't help any of the actions that we take because the desire was too strong. But if we know Jesus, we're not a slave to our desires. We're not a slave to ourselves. We don't have to say, well, I can't help it. It's just, we don't 
have to do that. We can stand up and say, no, I am bought by the blood. I am purchased. I don't belong to you anymore. I belong to Him and I'll follow what He tells me to do. I don't have to do these things. We are free from all of those things. We're free from sin. We're free from law. We're free from ourselves. But our freedom brings with it responsibility. <clears throat> Freedom's a dangerous thing. <laughs> Freedom's a dangerous thing. We're not set free just to sin whenever we want. Even though some people like to read the Bible that way. Well, I know Jesus. And I know he's going to forgive me. So I can do what I want to do. He's going to forgive me in the end. That's how some people read. But freedom in Christ is not a license to sin. It's not permission to do whatever we want, whatever we want. 1 Corinthians 10 told us what? Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. We're called to do something else, to be something else. We have freedom to do things. But what do we have freedom to do? We have the freedom to follow Christ. We have the freedom to make ourselves a slave of Christ. That's not such an oxymoron, right? The freedom to choose to be a slave. The freedom to choose to serve Jesus. The freedom to give up our freedom. We had the freedom to follow His commands. We had the freedom to do that. We didn't have that freedom before we knew Him. We think we did. We want to think we always had that freedom. But our great freedom is our great responsibility because freedom comes with a warning label. There's a warning label with freedom. Many times, freedom makes people selfish. <laughs> well, I'm free. And so, I'm going to do what I want to do. Look at our country. <clears throat> our country is where it is because people didn't take the responsibility of freedom seriously. They chose to follow their own desires. They chose to follow their own hearts. They chose to do what felt good to them. And so we have people who have great affluence and great power surrounded by lots of people who are in poverty and who are lonely. We have people who are struggling with all of these things because they didn't take freedom seriously. They didn't take that responsibility because they took their freedom and they went off and followed the things that they shouldn't follow. One of our Bible readings this week came out of Jeremiah. And it says there that the heart is deceitful above all things. But the world tells us what? Follow your heart. <laughs> Follow your heart. If, 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 if your heart tells you to do it, you should do it. Really? The Bible tells me my heart's a lie. My heart will tell me the wrong things. My heart will tell me to do things and to take part in things that I shouldn't take part in. My heart will break for people who are living in sin and say, oh, well, it's okay because. And we'll make excuses. And we'll say, well, they really didn't mean. Well, it's okay. Well, maybe God didn't know. The way to know if what your heart's telling you is right is to check it against Scripture. I had that discussion with my kids this week because we live in a world that tells them that things are right that are wrong. And so when we see things that we know are wrong, I don't want them to think that, the, that because the world says it's okay, that it's okay. And so I'll say, guys, your heart's a liar. And I know they're going to tell you, I'm not hurting anybody. And if it feels good, it can't be bad, but it can. The heart will lie to you. The heart will put you in a place you don't want to be. 
And so Paul tells the Galatians here that freedom does indeed have a warning label. And what is that label? You cannot chase after the things of the world while being faithful to the Spirit. You can't do both. So many of us want to do that. So many of us spend our time straddling the fence of spirituality in the world, of Jesus and sinfulness. And so we feel as long as I have one foot inside Jesus, it doesn't, I can wade into the world, but the problem is, it's like slick mud. You ever stepped off into slick mud? And one, one, one side is on solid ground, and the other foot's in mud, and it goes that way? Which way is your body going to go? It ain't going to go to this foot, it's going to go that way. And when we spend our life straddling stuff, we're going to find ourselves falling into places that we don't want to be a part of. You know, it, it, a few weeks ago when I was out there digging, and Asher came out, and I would say, Asher, get back. Get back. Get back. And of course, he's a kid. He doesn't listen. You know, 18 months old, he knows everything. He thinks he's 18, so. And he walked up to that hole. And the side gave way a little bit, and he went pop right into the hole. But that's how the world is. If we're not careful, we end up there. We can't chase after the things of the world, be faithful to the Spirit. He says, Do not use your freedom for the desires of the flesh, for the sinful nature. Because the sinful nature and the Spirit are contrary. The Spirit wants things that are opposite of what the world wants. And the world wants things opposite of what the Spirit wants. You can't do both. We used to have movie nights in our house. Back in the day, when Mama and Daddy got the movie without any other input. Because in our house, what Micah wants is contrary to what Shiloh wants. And what Shiloh wants is contrary to what Micah wants. And so we've given up. We can, we can no longer have movie nights because we sit there for 45 minutes trying to choose a movie because everybody wants something different. That's the spirit in the world. The spirit doesn't want the things that the world wants. And if we're over there taking part and being a part of the world and claiming the spirit, I get so tired of that. I get so tired of, of reading on social media people who are out there living this life, loving the world, who are posting, God is blessing me so much. What? That goes against everything the Bible says. You may be getting blessings, but they may not be coming from God. They may be coming from somewhere else. They may be leading you down the wrong path. And then he even gives a list of those things to watch for here in verses 19 through 21. That long list. He says the works of the flesh are obvious. They're obvious. You're not going to go, hmm, I wonder if that's wrong. But we do today for some reason. Is that really wrong? But he gives this list. He says it's obvious. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, hours of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. They go along list. Stay away from those things. The Spirit doesn't want those things. But the biggest warning label he gives here is in verse 15. He says, if you keep on dying and devouring each other, watch out or you'll be destroyed by each other. 
Galatia were fighting. Because one wanted to stand here and say we should do this. And one wanted to say we shouldn't. And they would argue. They would get mad. Fights, especially in the church family, tend to be bitter. They tend to be bitter. It's amazing to me when you read, if you sit down and read all of Paul's writings in the New Testament, you see the great pain that he has. Because here in Galatians, he's very upset with a group of his brethren who were Jews who were coming in, adding to the gospel message. But over in Romans, he's very upset because these same brethren need to know Jesus. And he wants them all to be saved. And he struggles with that. Why? Because it's family. Church fights get bitter because we're family. Because family fights are bitter fights. That's just a bit. You know, when family gets mad at family, it's like because we all know each other's secrets. And you know, and we're not really good at forgiving in family sometimes. Because remember back 15 years ago when you did that to me? And that comes up because we're five. But guess what? He said, stop. He said, when you do those things, you're going to destroy each other. You're going to destroy the church. You're going to devour. He he says, put away your fighting. Put away your anger. Because at and corely will destroy a congregation. And he goes on to say, do something else. He says, a life faithful of the Spirit will produce a harvest of spiritual fruit. Put away all of those things. Stay away from all of those things. And follow the Spirit. Because if we, instead of indulging the sinful nature, we can serve one another in love. He says the entire law is summed up in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. everything. All we need to know. But sometimes I think we have a hard time with that. What does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? We give grace to ourselves a lot. Well, I messed up, but it really wasn't that bad. Because <laughs> it's me. Love your neighbor as yourself. Your neighbor messes up, they mess it up. So, love on. Love on. Be there for them. What are they going through? Walk with them through it. If we leave people to flounder on their own and we don't give them the life preserver, what have we done? Who have we become? He says, if you live by the Spirit, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. And by living in the Spirit, you'll produce the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say fruits. These aren't the fruits of the Spirit. They're the fruit of the Spirit. Not plural. They're one thing. They they all come together. They don't come from different places. They come from the same place. Jesus. That's where they come from. You know, we may have oranges on orange trees, but they're called the fruit. That's the fruit. They're not the fruits. They're one fruit because they came from the same place. All of these fruit come from the same place. They come from Christ within us. And he gives these. He says, the fruit of the Spirit 
are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Love. That's the first one. Brothers, if we don't have love, everything else doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Love is the building block. That's where it starts. So we're starting with Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. That's it. Love. Love starts. If we don't have love, nothing else can happen. Love is where it has to start. If we don't have love for people, and that would mean, I don't mean the warm fuzzies. Oh, I just love them. Nope. Do I put their needs before my own? Do I give them a place in my heart that I'm going to, I'm going to try to serve them? That's love. That's love. Agape. It's a, it's a, it's this verb, you know, DC talk. You should sing that song, right? Love is a verb. Some time goes back when they actually rapped. But um kinda. Maybe it wasn't rap. I don't know what you thought. But anyway. I was on the free at last album, in case you didn't know the album, you're gonna look it up today. Free at last, DC talk. It's called Love is a Verb, and it's spelled L-U-V, love. Anyway. It's an action word. It's something we're supposed to do. That's something we're supposed to feed. Our world has, has taken that word and has made it mean something it's not supposed to mean. And so when we read this, we're always going to think we might be failing in this because the fruit of the Spirit is love. I hate that love. I don't love them at all. You don't have to feel good about it. you got to serve. Pray for Do the things that that you normally wouldn't do. Are their needs and their wants important to you? Love. Joy. That glad contentment. Are you joyful? Nobody likes a sour Christian. Just don't. I mean, the phone rings and you go, oh, that go to <laughs> yes. wants to be around that. People want to know people that are, that are joyful. That, that know that, you know what? This world is rough and it's bad and things may not be going great, but you know what? God is still on his throne. And, and life overall is still pretty good. I woke up this morning and I'm breathing. I mean... I may sound like a man who needs to go to the hospital sometimes, right, Brother Robert? I mean, you know, that might be what I sound like. I don't know. But I'm still here. And God is still moving. So joy. And then peace. This world wants to steal your peace. Wants to steal your peace. Everything on the news is something that's not peaceful, right? There's a war here. There's a fight here. There's a shooting here. There's an attack here. It's always about something. If the world wants to steal your peace, it wants to come at you and say, well, things aren't going to be okay. They're just getting worse. So, I still got Jesus. He's still on the throne. He's still in control of everything. And all of this stuff that I think is so bad, the Bible promises me he's going to work together for my good. So it may look bad today, but tomorrow, it's going to look good. Something's going to happen. He's going to use this for my good and for His glory and He's going to change the world with it. That's peace. But to have peace, you've got to have the patience because sometimes 
another bill. Something else broke. Something else was messed up. My kids aren't listening. I can't seem to get everything done I need to get done. I'm so stressed out. And so we lose our patience thinking, come on, God, I need it right now. And God's saying, no, chill. It's coming. It's coming. It'll be here. It'll be here. There's a guy named Lazarus who can tell you about that. It'll be here. Lazarus had to die waiting on Jesus, but he still got there on time. Karen Peck sang a song about that. Singing mood today, you know. When he's three days late, he's still on time. Right? He's still there. He still made it on time. He was there. Because we have to have the patience to follow through. And then kindness. See, we get through love, joy, peace, patience. And then, guess what? If we're loving and we're joyful and we have peace and have patience waiting on God, we can be kind. But the problem is when we neglect the first four, we're never going to be kind. Because we're going to be mad and we're going to be upset and we're going to be bitter and we're going to be angry and we're going to think, oh my goodness, the world is just too much and we're going to bop people's heads off. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to be kind. We're supposed to say the things we're supposed to say and do those things and be nice to the people around us. And then goodness and then gentleness. And then self-control. <laughs> I always wonder why he didn't start with self-control. <laughs> self-control is the last thing, I think, because honestly, in the, in the end, it's the hardest thing. It's our reminder that God's grace is always there. When I mess up and I say the wrong thing, or, or I'm unintentionally mean, or whatever it is, God's grace is always there because I haven't got there. He said, doing these things will break no law and hurt no feelings. I mean, think about the other, the other list. Everything there could hurt somebody's feelings. Sexual immorality, moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything so. All of those can hurt somebody. But nobody gets hurt for love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. No matter. We don't get hurt by those things. Paul's Instructions to the Galatians ring true today. During this, this time in the world that we live, don't let fear and selfishness drive us. Don't let fear and selfishness take over. Let's heed Paul's warnings. Let's follow the instructions laid out by God here in the writings of Paul. We shouldn't spend our time divided over little stupid things. It doesn't matter. Paul says over and over again in his writings, do not take part. <laughs> In little disagreements. Doesn't matter. They're stupid things. One thing matters Jesus and Him crucified and telling the world about it. We should seek to serve one another through the love of Christ. So as we as we finish up this morning, let me leave you with the final admonition of Paul in the church of Galatia. He says, Since we live by the Spirit, we must also follow the Spirit. We must not become conceited, provoking. Envy one another. 
I uh, I was in a church one time. They weren't Baptists. Just saying. They were a uh, there wasn't a denomination really. Um, very charismatic. But it was a church that I felt like made people. One of the main people feeling this. If you didn't do this sign of the spirit, then you just really didn't have it like this person had. And I remember struggling for the longest time. <coughs> I don't have that. I don't have that. What does that say about me? Because it's easy to become envious when, when somebody's successful at doing something in the spirit you're not successful at doing. We've, we've all met those people who you just go, wow. Last Monday night, I was over at the associational meeting. And it was also the retirement celebration for Glenn Morris, director of missions. And, and Brother Glenn is one of those people, is one of those people, that can make you go, man, I'm jealous of what he has. Because he was always, he's just, he's... He's constant. He, he embodies what a believer should look like. Um, I, I never saw him without a smile on his face. He, he, he did some work at the Parsons with us as we did some things for the master bathroom back in the middle of COVID. And uh, he would show up in his overalls <laughs> and his stuff and just come in just smiling checking on Carrie and the pregnancy and everything else that's just who he was in our lives so I got to tell him Monday night that <laughs> said you know I probably, I probably say you're the only man that I think about every time I take a shower because <laughs> he tiled the shower there and so you know it was that was the last major project he did with Kingdom Builders before he got sick. Uh, so it'll always be a special thing. And it's easy to be envious of that. He's always smiling, never upset, never seems stressed out, always at peace. But Paul warns, don't be envious. Just follow the Spirit. If you want what they have, just follow. Maybe this morning, maybe the world has been getting to you. Maybe, maybe you have been looking and everything feels like it's closing in and you don't understand and you're going, and it's so easy to be negative in this world. But God is still on the throne. He's still there. Now's the time to say, okay, Jesus, I'm giving it back to you. This world looks dark. This world looks dim. And I don't understand the future. But I'm going to follow. And I'm going to trust in you. Because you have promised that you're going to work all these things for my good. I don't understand it right now. I don't get it right now. 
but you're going to do it. And I want you, I want you to just take me, Jesus, and wrap me in your arms. That's what you can do today. Maybe today you just want to pray. The altar is open. I'll pray with you. Maybe you want to serve your missions or ministry. Maybe you want to join this church in membership. Maybe this morning you have something else that I haven't brought up. Maybe you just need to come and give a testimony. That's fine too. I love testimonies. Maybe this morning you've never known Jesus as your Maybe you never taken a step to say, I want to know the one who came and gave his life so that I can be free. So I don't have to worry about these things anymore. I don't have to follow all the rules that I can just focus on loving my neighbor. Now's the time. You just walk down and say, Brother Troy, I want to know Jesus, and we'll go from there. But wherever you're at, whatever you need, give it to him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you right now and we thank you and we praise you for your blessings.